0: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway. The season is here. Camp is opening. Preseason game next week versus the Islanders. Very exciting. We have Molly Walker of the New York Post to discuss all those things with us and more. All those things and more. That's what Rangers season means to me, my love. All improv here on the Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to Mark Messier and get to the show. But again, one more thing. You want to support the show? patreoncom breakaway, BSB is OTS. Our wonderful Discord Q and As coming back. Gambling with Greg. A bunch of more other stuff. I just, I just love you all. I'm just happy to have the true love and suffering in my life back. The New York Rangers. Here we go. Mark Messier.
1: Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Fans. Welcome to the Bushes Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, here for the opening week of camp. I'm here with my good friend, Gregory, where we'll only talk about the New York Rangers. Greg, say hello.
1: It has been 96 hours, and I cannot stop thinking about the end of U.S. UCF. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: did, I don't watch college football or care at all. Uh, I guess you have to explain to me what happened.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, your boy, famously, had the Louisville money line. Louisville, tie game late in the end of the fourth quarter. Louisville's driving down the field. On third down, inexplicably, they throw the ball when they're already in field goal range. It gets tipped and intercepted, and UCF takes it to uh, Louisville territory where they're now in field goal range. And UCF on first down, inexplicably, throws the ball, and it gets tipped and returned for a pick six. That's unbelievable. Back to back Uh, play. The only way that's better? I I was watching it and I didn't understand what was happening, and all I knew was I now had money.
0: There you go. Congrats. I, I, I'm proud of you for having money. Uh, Gus Johnson was my highlight of the weekend outside of.
1: Uh, oh, my th- God. I, if <laughs> uh, the amount of times yesterday, I said that I wish I knew Gus Johnson was calling this Cardinals Vikings game because I would have pounded the over unlimited at I, least 75. I, times I, I wish
0: I they would pay some obscene amount of money to have Gus Johnson call one hockey game. Just one. I just want to hear what it's like. I'm sure it's like, absolutely. Because Gus mockery.
1: Johnson opening night when there are going to be 12 fights between the Rangers and the Capitals. Here's yeah, my here's I'm, my I'm dream good.
0: booth for opening night if it's not Sam because I know I don't want to make everyone depressed. I love Sam. Okay, uh, Jim Ross and <laughs> and Gus Johnson. Jim Ross WWE legend of course now with AEW, and then uh, and then Gus Johnson. Perfect
1: perfect booth. Well, you know the good the good news with that is Jim Ross is in the TNT family. Oh, So it's possible crossover. We just, we just got to, Fox has to let Gus Johnson out of the bag for one night.
0: Oh, this is, we got to start a petition. <laughs> we gotta, uh, we'll figure it out. Anywho, uh, there is not a lot of storylines going into the season right now. We do talk about a lot of them with our good friend Molly Walker on the show. She comes on at about, I don't know, 20, 20, 20 minutes from now in this situation. But I asked, because I needed content desperately for this show, what people would, what, or rather, what questions people had going into camp. Can you guess any of them?
1: I'm sure you can guess all um, of them. Who will be the winger playing? What will the top six look like? Yeah, will yep, Philip Piedel yep, yep, yep. be a top six forward? Is Niels Lundqvist going to win the job out of camp? If it's not Niels Lundqvist, who is, it? who is it? Who is it? Who is Patrick Nemeth? Is he a New York Ranger? <laughs> Does he exist? Will Morgan Barron make the team out yes. of camp? Uh, will Alexander Georgiev so many captain questions too. And I
0: just, we've just been reporting for seven months
1: straight that it's Jacob Truba. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell people at this point. It should be Chris Kreider. It
0: it should be Chris Kreider. If it's not
1: Jacob Truba, it's Chris Kreider. It's a two horse race. Yeah. It's one of them. And all I will say is you see a lot more of Jacob Truba in New York Rangers, social media posts. than you do Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider is is more captain.
0: Like he shows up a little bit more but they are clearly pushing Jacob Truba.
1: There's no yeah, doubt about does Chris, it. Does does Chris Kreider have time to show up to prospect camp because he doesn't have captain responsibilities like Jacob Truba does where Jacob Truba is doing 16 photo shoots with the Rangers social media team at any given time?
0: Yeah, people are asking. That's yeah. it.
1: All I'm saying guys, it's it, this is one of those things where you're thinking too hard. You really are. It it's I would bet I would put the odds at about minus 450 that it's Jacob Truba. And then I'd put Kreider at about plus three twenty-five. Yeah. The- and then I will give you the field at six to one. And the field that. is the field is Mika and Fox, and that's it. The field the, the field Ryan, is the entire fucking team. I know It'll what it Dryden is. Dryden goddamn hunt in the field <laughs> to be captain. The, I haven't heard much else, about Dryden literally, this year. Literally everybody else six to one. It'll be Jacob Truba. Right. You just have to pay attention to the context clues.
0: That's exactly it. I'm right there with you, bud. Uh, so let's let's read some of the questions and we'll answer some of them honestly, but and rather quickly at the same time. This is from Larry Bubbs. Why did we only find out today that Lafreniere has played for the Rangers before? What the hell? I, that was the wrong question. I'm so sorry. This is for Travis Leon. What does this team need to make the playoffs this year? What are the players' de- uh, what are the players' developments, acquisitions, etc.? I think uh, uh, we're we're just saying Eichel's not a Ranger. That's it. As for this podcast. We're not saying it's not happening, but all the questions we answer is Eichel doesn't become a ranger, at least in my opinion. Uh I think I think he still can be, but just for the, this exercise. Uh all the kids need to take a step forward. Maybe maybe not all the kids, but at least Capococco and Lafreniere need to take a step forward. And I think I'd go as far to say that the Filipino needs to also, because the center play, which is going to be the big topic of conversation heading into the season, even though we kind of like all three centers Amika Mika Strome Strom, and Filipino, has to be one of the strong points of this team, and I guess people just don't believe it can compete for a spot in a Stanley Cup, as a Stanley Cup team. And they're likely right to be Stanley Cup winners, uh, but that's not what we're asking. We're asking to make the playoffs. And I, I think a squad of just those three centers and the firepower the Rangers have, if Capococco and Lafreniere take the step, Adam Fox stays as is, and Igor can be the person we all think he is, there's no doubt in my mind they can make the playoffs. Absolutely.
1: Well, we've talked about this briefly before. It's It's essentially what the Rangers are doing by not clearly making themselves better on paper and just making themselves better in theory is they're making about a six player parlay and these six things it can't just they can't just go 5 for 6 it has to be 6 for 6 for the rangers to really hit this they need Coppolako to not just play the level of defense responsib- responsibility he had last year but become a 50 plus point player this season they need Lafreniere to score at least 25 plus goals. They need Keandre Miller to be the defender from the first half of the season, more, though, more so than the defender from the second half of the season. They need Adam Fox to continue his great play. They need Jacob Truba to take on his leadership role and run with it. They need Niels Lundqvist to be not necessarily Tony D'Angelo levels offensively, but at least better than Tony D'Angelo levels defensively. They need Philip Hedl to become the at least offensively skilled center that he showed before he broke his hand and got COVID last year. Uh, And they need Ryan Strom. If he's still here, which we have no reason to assume he won't be, they need Strom to continue to be Ryan Strom. They need at least eight different things to happen internally, six of which – are young players improving on their play from last season, and two of which is asking one defenseman to continue to be the best defenseman in the NHL, which might be an unfair ask, even for someone as special as Adam Fox, and one other player who, again, continues to exceed all of our expectations to just continue exceeding all of our expectations. Oh, not to mention Igor Shostakhin has to stay healthy. So it's like... Boy, that was a lot what you just said. That was so many factors. Yeah, but like... Scary. Yeah, that's the thing, though. That That is the frustration you and I have had with these New York Rangers. We have never said that as currently constructed, the New York Rangers can't make the playoffs. They absolutely can. But so many things have to go right. All you need to do, listen, you guys know this is a New York Mets podcast. All you have to see for a team that should make the playoffs to not make the playoffs is to see how when things aren't going well, even when the roster is correctly constructed, That's what happens. And I, as a Met fan and a Ranger fan, get frustrated when my teams don't necessarily not just build to get better, but build to support the roster they currently have in place. Now, the Rangers think they did. And kudos to them for feeling confident that they've done enough. But I just, you are betting on so much talent and so many things that have to go right that if two or three of those things don't go right, or... Even if they don't go catastrophically wrong, like they do whenever the Mets do anything, even if they just go not as well as we thought they would, it's going to be hard for this team to make the playoffs. Absolutely. I I still feel pretty
0: good about it. I, I see what you're saying, though. Let's just say Igor gets some sort of injury, right? I mean, the groin injury happened last year. The groin injuries linger. It just, it just happens with goalies uh,
1: and then it, shit. If he tries to drive to the grocery store, it right? could just be that Ubers only please. Uh,
0: it, I could just, that could be the situation. And then that just leaves us with Georgiev just riding that out and hoping that he, we don't let up breakaways that that could just be half of the season right there. So uh, let's hope that doesn't happen, but I can, I can see where you're coming from, where it, all the factors kind of have to line up for everything to go right for the Rangers. Uh, Charlie C. asks, who will be their, their go-to center to win face-offs? Uh, this is a good draw, and I don't even think it's close.
1: Uh, Yes. And, and he won't even be track.
0: playing center. So, there you go.
1: There's that. Yeah, that, that that's one of those weird things where, like, I understand. It's almost like positionless basketball is what we really need to Well, because Kreider took a lot of towards. face-offs last year, like a ton. But
0: he's a yeah, winger, well,
1: clearly. Because the roster sucks at face-offs. Yeah, so, they suck. at some point, you have to ask someone to possibly win a face-off. But, like... With positionless basketball, we all understand that when LeBron James on the court, we'll never call him a point guard, but we'll always say things like, well, the offense flows through him. So it's like, I'd love to get to a point where at, we're at positionless hockey where I don't need to classify someone as a left wing or a right wing or a left-handed defenseman or a right-handed defenseman. And I can just like essentially say a number and that's what the hockey player is that that's the world I would like to live in, Ryan. I'm going to get us um, a little dark for a second oh fuck I, jesus christ i know not actually i was just watching dark side of the ring the brian pillman story don't know I it. really want to get dark i got time
0: okay i i don't know it but maybe i'll watch it it's one of those weeks for me uh this is from at sutton mutt and i think this is something we haven't discussed enough on the podcast So this will be the first time what do the new york rangers pending free agents do especially if this team lags out of the gate aka do the rangers just try and get Mika to waive his no-movement contract if they don't sign him? Do so they try and trade Ryan Strom also at the deadline, leaving them only with Filippito as their only center heading out of the deadline? This is a situation that could actually happen. But yet, uh, I don't think you and I have really discussed it much.
1: Well, first of all, the, it seems like the Rangers would, wouldn't mind trading Strom right now. Yeah, Forget I mean, about whether they're in it <laughs> yes. at the deadline or not. Yep. Um, I mean if the Rangers are out of it at the deadline, there's a lot more problems because the doesn't see himself staying in New York longer. I, I, if Filipinos, the only bona fide center, they still have. I mean, who cares, right? Like you're not overly worried. It, M- Morgan Barron will absolutely be given more run and leash if that's the case. And I think they would just slide Barclay Goodrow over to center and maybe will Cooley or someone of that nature from Hartford comes up and starts playing more top nine minutes. So like, that's the thing, guys. When, you, when you're talking about what do the Rangers do if they're out of it, well, if they're selling everybody off, I don't really think they care who necessarily – like if they don't have three great centers, well, they weren't playing well with three good centers to begin with. So why not just let Barron get run or move Barclay Goodrow over to center for half a season? I, that's not a big concern for me. I, do I see a scenario in which the New York Rangers are trading Mika Zibanejad at the deadline? I don't because I don't think the Rangers are ever going to be bad enough where they won't be in some sort of contention. Even if they're – think about where they were last year going into the deadline. I don't think the Rangers will ever be further out than that, and people consider that to be within contention. So I, they're not going to be worse than the Blue Jackets. I don't believe they're going to be worse than the Devils this year. All it takes is for the Flyers to be absolute shit again, which – could as happen. As long as Elaine Vigneault there is it's possible. So I, the scenario in which the Rangers are in a position where they're completely out of it, I think they're few and far between. But if, if it does happen and they trade their uh, pieces that are on expiring contracts, I, I wouldn't care who the Rangers have playing in their top nine. I would expect Edel is one. I would expect Baron is the other. And do whatever the fuck you want to do with the third line. Who cares
0: at that point? Totally agree. Uh That brings us to... When is Henrik Lundqvist ceremony night? I think you made this point on OT, but I kind of want to let you run with it again.
1: Sure. Uh, it'll be on a night when MSG has broadcast rights, and it'll be on a night where the Rangers don't expect fans to show up previously. So you're looking at a midweek game against a Western conference opponent with no true connections to the New York Rangers. And I think that's when it'll be. Uh, so – what prompted this rant that I had on OT essentially was... Where you can listen TNT on Patreon.com, released,
0: <laughs> which right Okay, keep going.
1: Bang, 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 boom, boom. Uh, TNT released its broadcast schedule, and one of the games on TNT this year is the March 2nd game against St. Louis on Hank's birthday. I promise you, MSG is not going to allow Henrik Lundqvist to get his number retired unless it can use an entire day of programming to build up to this game, then have an extra special 90-minute pregame show that gets to parade some of Hank's retired teammates through the pregame show and Steve Valliquette among others get to talk about how great Hank is for 90 minutes. And then the ceremony is going to start at six 30 and it's going to go until seven 30. And then at seven 45, we're going to drop the puck and at every intermission, we're going to get another Henrik Lundqvist story and people reminiscing about his great career. That shit is not going to happen on TNT. That shit will happen on MSG. So, Look at your look at the Rangers schedule. Try to find a Tuesday game against a Western Conference team, and I think that's when Henrik Lundqvist will get his jersey. With
0: I think you're onto something there, Greg. That's by the dip, baby. Get those tickets now. You can make make thousands of dollars grifting. There you go. Uh, I think that's pretty much all the actual good questions. I have so many questions about Gallant, but I think you oh, and I
1: the shade you just threw the people that asked you questions that you just called ass. Your question sucks. Well, the rest of Twitter them are all followers. about the
0: centers. I mean, not centers. Well, they are about centers too, but captains also. Uh, it's, so it's, we kind of addressed that already. We kind of addressed all their questions. And we address a lot more of them. Sure with molly later so that's why i figured i did we just do. i guess i did throw it in a, sh- a shady way my apologies. You really
1: did you kind of shit all over my apologies. let me let me list all their names and I apologize individually to every yesterday. single one of them
0: okay emma anthony larry tim travis Kate, brian okay the people i didn't mention i'm so
1: sorry all right um the, pe- the people <laughs> who you just chose not to mention they might as well be dead to you they'll yell yeah, at me tomorrow and i'll
0: respond and say i'm sorry or something
1: Ask for an apology. I'll should. give you one. There you go. Jesus Christ. What is wrong with
0: you? I don't know. It's been a lot. Um, where do we go from here? There is... I don't know. The Meeks of Interjet thing is kind of worrying to me. I'm definitely... I don't really know how to go into the season with him. and uh, They're not going to sign him I'll I'll mid-season, of, are they?
1: I don't think so. No, but I'll also stop short of saying I'm worried. I mean, Francisco Lador didn't sign his extension so, until seven midnight. minutes before his deadline. Yeah. Okay. So I... I I think talks will happen as long as camp is happening, and the season doesn't start for 23 days. And 23 days is a long. What happens first? Because Jet signs his extension, or Jack Jack Eichel gets traded? God damn it! This is
0: (laughs) it's kind of like the the Tampa Lightning are cheating. A uh, bit we did for a long time, except it's this every First of all, it's still cheating. Not Second bit, of all, I, I haven't
1: ruled out Jack Eichel going to Tampa Bay. God, Third I of all, will jump off the bridge. Don't think I didn't see that Brent Seabrook story. Fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. I saw it. You were talking to me directly. You're fucking cheating again. I'm on it. What th- What was before, the story
0: for people not listening, including me?
1: Uh, Brent. Someone asked uh, Stephen Stamkos because remember when they traded for Brent Seabrook's yes, dead body. They did. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> yes. someone, someone asked them, "Is Brent Seabrook?" How is he interacting with the locker room? And I think Stamkos was essentially, uh, I don't think he's in any of our text groups, but we're curious if he's going to play in the playoffs.
0: (laughs) That's legendary. I hate them. (laughs) Oh, I hate
1: them. But seriously, uh, Zibanejad extension or an Eichel trade? What happens first?
0: So I'm going to say Eichel trade.
1: I've been wrong every time. Does either happen before December? It feels bad. Does either happen before December?
0: My gut says No. My gut says the Mika Zivinijad thing only happens after the season because I think they'll make the trade for some other center either at the end of the season or in the offseason before the draft or right after me. He's not going to sign in season. It's so rare for players to sign the contracts in season like that.
1: Is it in hockey? I I feel like it happens in hockey.
0: I guess it doesn't really happen in baseball. Maybe it happens in hockey in that case. I'm going to get called out. I'm sure people will. But I just... I'm sure if Mika's number was right, and rumors were he's asking for 10 million. I know the Rangers are going to ask for like 7.5 over five years, which is what they'd be comfortable with. And I think the I I don't think anybody hates Mika. I don't think anybody has disdain towards Mika, but I could see why if you were out there saying, "Hey, I don't really want to have Mika Sabinejek for eight years, $9 million, I kind of feel that. I feel you. I I think. There's not a lot of better options out there right now. He's a perfect number, like, and he's a really good number one center. He's a perfect number two center. Just like a quality, absolutely top quality number two center. So if you can get someone to go with him, who would that be? Uh, that'd be great. But oh, for eight years, $9 million, that is a cap crunch. And uh, I am worried a little bit about his injury history and, and play. Um, so I think if they did eight years, $8 years 8000000 I would be like, okay, cool. I'd be happy about it, but I wouldn't, I don't think I'd celebrate I don't think, uh, think it would be good in the long run. Eight years is too much for hockey players. I know we have to do it. That's just the market. Um, and get that back when you can. You really should. I support Mika Zabinajad. I just don't know how I feel about having him for eight years.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. But also, I think us saying, I don't know how I feel about having Mika Zabinajad for eight years is a coping mechanism we are all currently employing to convince ourselves That we actually not just see a scenario in which Mika Zibanejad isn't a New York Ranger, but that we're okay with it. When in reality, I think we're kind of lying to ourselves. I think people just, if push came to shove, I think they'd rather just have Mika Zibanejad on the New York Rangers. And if it's for three or four years more than what he's probably worth, at some point, worth keeping your favorite players around. Even if it turns out to be pretty shitty. It is
0: worth doing that sometimes. I'm with you. I I do think I
1: say all that and say that I'd rather have Jack Eichel. Yeah, me too.
0: Me too. Here we go again.
1: Um Here we go again. We never stopped. We it. never stopped.
0: It never happened. One of the other questions that I didn't I'm not gonna give credit to this first because I closed my phone and I'm in a closet. Um is what happened to the the summer of anything? Well nothing happened. Just that's it. Well, the anything
1: was nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I feel like people I, I, I said this on Twitter. People forgot that Anything, nothing is implied in anything. Anything doesn't mean that the Rangers are just going to do seven hundred things. Anything means there's a possibility <laughs> the Rangers do zero things, and that's what they decided to do. Welcome to this. Do.
0: science and physics with Ryan and Greg. Anything is right. nothing. It's philosophy, also. So <laughs> when you have a lot of anything, you also have a lot of nothing. Do you understand? Everybody uh, following me?
1: Big, I'm a I'm a big movie guy, as you know. One of one of my low key favorite movies is a movie by the name of Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, starring the great Orlando Bloom, legend. And at the end, when right. he surrenders, he surrenders Jerusalem to Saladin, and he asks Saladin, "He's like, what is Jerusalem worth?" And Saladin goes, "It's worth nothing." And then he turns around and says, "It's worth everything," and walks off into the sunset. I was like, "I'm going to live my life by that principle and just lie to people all the time." That's essentially <laughs> what happened in that scene. Well, that's what the
0: Raiders did. Uh, they're waiting for that other what? other shoe to drop.
1: That uh, again, like. <laughs> The Rangers straight up lied to us because they said they want to change their top 6 by adding someone, not just subtracting. And they wanted to have more clarification God. in terms of what they're doing down the middle. What's your excitement they, level for
0: this season, legitimately, out of 10?
1: Uh, that's it's not a fair question because it's not the Rangers' fault that I'm currently not excited at all. The Mets season has me so low. That makes sense. That I am excited about nothing.
0: Yeah, you're comfortably not you're uncomfortably numb.
1: The, the only thing I am excited about, and it only got me excited because I didn't expect it, was Gus Johnson calling an NFL football game. <laughs> like that, I didn't expect it to happen, and then I heard his voice, and it was God. the first moment of happiness I felt in months. Criminal
0: not to have him on a broadcast for that long. Doesn't make sense. I,
1: I'll, I'll say as of 8.40 p.m. on Monday night, on a scale of 1 to 10, probably a 4.
0: I'm I'm like a six ish, six point five. I think that's to be where fair, I'm at. It's a,
1: it, this will change as soon as oh yeah. As soon as I start getting worked up about who's playing with whom in camp, we're just doing temperature check. It's games, important.
0: You said a temperature check. Yeah, it's important. It's one out of ten. It's a temperature check. That's what we're doing. We're, yeah. we're getting a feel for I would the say room.
1: I'm, I would say I'm at the exact same point as I would be, or where I was the off where the New York Mets signed only Sean Markham. Yes. And then, like, they were telling me that spring training was coming, and they signed to literally just Sean Markham. And I'm like, I guess I'm happy baseball's coming back. At the same time, am I happy baseball's coming back? I'd like, I would say that year I was about a 4-2.
0: I'll, I'll put it this way. I'd probably be an 8 or a 9 if at the end of the last season, and I, I think they were taking some steps, if Lafreniere and Kako really, like, Really, they both hit the like they both hit a wall, but they also both took tremendous strides. But if they were just all of a sudden like last ten games just ripping it up, I would I would be inconsolable for most of the next couple weeks waiting to watch those two play hockey. But they kind of had like that hit the wall, and then the Rangers got the crap beat out of them for like a week and a half, and that just left a really bad taste in my mouth. So that's why I end up like six point
1: five seven. I don't think there's anything the Rangers could have done at the end of last season to really get me out of my chair excited for this season, unless last season ended the only positive way it could. Um, God, if Eichel was here, for I'd be going I, crazy. I honestly, I think I'd be... <laughs> crazy. Right. I I think for me, it if, if obviously if Eichel was here, it'd be a nine. But I'm a guy who gets excited about turnover and change. So even if the Rangers had just... Even with the Bucinevich trade, say the Rangers traded for Kuznetsov, I think I'd be at a six and a half because I'd be really curious it's part of part of the excitement is like this great unknown, except the problem is the great unknown with the New York Rangers involves players. I already have opinions about, I need, I need a player whose opinion I am at zero with Sammy Blay. And, we have you know, no and, idea. And Sammy again. Sammy Blay's going to play seven minutes a night. Go for him. Congratulations. Hey, I love Sammy. That Blay. Check, yeah, like, I'm sure I'm going to
0: fall. along. Oh, he's going to do something cool. We'll have a shirt. That'd be cool. Uh,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, but it like, if if so, again, I wouldn't have been thrilled about a Kuznetsov. I would trade have been upset. It would have moment. been a sad podcast. But I would, I'd be like, we'd be sitting here today, I'd be like, Ryan, I don't know. I you got to remember the good times with Kuznetsov, and maybe he's bringing a little bit of craziness and yeah, and wild card. Maybe on and off the in ice, the locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, the man loves playing in the snow, both <laughs> on and way. off the ice. Big time. So maybe Ryan, maybe that's a guy I could get behind. Like I need. I need something like that. Instead, I'm just like you know, according to Vince Mercagliano's razor from 2004, (laughs) maybe Capoccio looks bigger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like it's for me, it's the my problem this this year's and the reason why I'm not as excited. Again, this time next week, I'm sure I'll be a five, and the week after that, I'll be a six and a half, and the week after that, well, the Washington night, I'm gonna be a full ten. I just. Oh yeah, well, Washington tonight, we're not going to be sober. That's true. It'll be great. That's true. Hey, if you want to come see us, we will
0: be yeah. good. Flog time. Uh, we'll be at Hello. we'll be at the gin mill October thirteenth. I don't know if we need to have a
1: list or something, Greg. We'll talk about that. Um, uh, we do not. All you have to do is show up and walk downstairs. To the hidden speakeasy room Whoa. where there are four televisions in a private bar.
0: And we will be uh, uh, hanging with everybody who wants to hang with us for Washington, New York. Could be a couple people. Could just be four of us exclusive. Probably be a lot yeah. more than that, but be, please be, uh, please bring some vaccination proof.
1: We'll be all good. All right, cool. Yes. You'll need that. Very important. But anyway, um, yeah, th- my problem is the things I get excited about in camp when there's a lot of turnover is that I'm forming new opinions. My problem is I have opinions of these guys. So I don't, I'm not excited about trying to just tweak the opinions I already have. It's like reworking my thesis for the 15th time. I'd rather write a new fe- thesis. I, that's a great But I, great I haven't point. been giving new evidence for said thesis. Great point. Great point.
0: All right. Let's get to Molly Walker where we talk more about all this stuff, all these things and more. Second time I've done this, this podcast. All right. Uh, let's uh, follow us on uh, – rather go to Patreon, support the show, all that shit. Here's Molly Walker from the New York Post. Transition. Hey, we're back with our number one favorite recurring guest. Just made that up, Molly. Molly Walker from the New York Post. Molly, how are you doing?
2: No, absolutely. I'm number one. Just just keep the right uh, identifier there. Thank you. Right.
0: I just was I, I what I was doing there was making the checkout to you. I, so I was writing it, Molly Walker, number one, request $51. <laughs> a fifth,
2: only 51? Try you're on back order for oh. my previous, however many appearances I've <laughs> made. I was, I was going to check in with you guys on that, why I haven't received a single check yet. Can you
0: tell me, I, I had so many text messages, like, so when am I getting paid? <laughs> like, right that day? I was yeah, like, what, I'm
2: the, sure.
1: what the hell? No, no one's getting yeah, paid. What, what Ryan isn't telling you is about six of them were from me, asking him the exact <laughs> same question. <laughs>
2: Honestly,
1: <laughs> good times.
0: Uh, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, you got to spend some time at the prospect camp. I guess I'll ask the burning question that everyone in New York Rangers lore and community <laughs> is asking: How do you hold a phone so still?
2: I I just it's a skill I've acquired over the years. I guess I don't Surely know. Not. Everybody was pretty impressed with with my ability, although there was a very, very low bar to clear, I was told by the uh (laughs) the streaming service that they had going. But honestly, if if we're if we're being honest from when We watched them during, uh, during the pandemic, just in practices, they'd have the streaming services and it was on like a motion sensor and you couldn't see anything. It would just like jilt back and forth. Like Keith Kincaid would be doing like sidesteps, like in the middle of the ice. And that's what I would be watching when we were trying to figure out the lines and things like that. So, but you know, if they're doing their best, I guess it's okay. <laughs>
0: hey, I- I'm happy they tried. That's nice. That's all I have. That's true. Like the Flyers. That's true.
2: They hadn't, I don't think they had streamed any of the uh, other like scrimmages or anything like that prior to this. Never. Right?
0: And the Flyers who are from a much smaller city of Philadelphia, of which I'm familiar with, had a announcer and an official stream, yep. which, you know, makes us look really good. So we'll figure it out eventually. <laughs>
2: No, that actually was a luxury. I was kind of surprised at that when I pulled that up and heard people talking. I was like, oh, wow, we actually have commentators? Great. It was
0: a, a nice surprise. Well, the Rangers will figure it out one day. Uh, MSG Plus or seven or one of those things will, they'll, they, you know, they'll get it. <laughs> oh, oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, let's ask a real Ranger question uh, since we've gone through. Uh, that was a real Ranger question. Let's ask another one. Uh, you got to watch some prospect development camp. Who Did anyone stick out and was it Morgan Barron?
2: Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Cool. Um, and, and if Morgan Barron didn't stand out, then that would have been more glaring and concerning than it would have been that he naturally stood out. He looked like one of the – there was only four guys on the ice that had any NHL experience, and two of them was Tarma Ruenanen, who had two games, I think, and then Justin Richards, who had one. So it barely even counts. Zach Jones had the most of, of everyone there. But, yeah, Barron really – he pushed the pace, and and he was – showing a lot of different skills that not a lot of the other prospects um, were showing, but that's, it, it was as expected, honestly. So it, he definitely looks good going into the main camp.
1: I, 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 I feel remiss where the first, <laughs> I just, I sound. feel remiss. I just feel remiss that the first prospect we're not talking, we're talking about from Rangers camp is someone who likely will start the year in Hartford and not Niels Lundqvist. So why don't we transition immediately right. to Niels Lundqvist, Are we building the statue tomorrow, (laughs) Thursday? Are we building it in two years? Or should we all take a big step back and be like, by the way, this guy is still a child coming over from Sweden. So maybe we let him have a minute or two to get comfortable.
2: Stepping back a little bit, I'm in agree. I'm in agreement with Ryan and starting off with Morgan Barron because he's the most interesting storyline going to training camp. I think. I think that Nils Lundqvist is expected to be that third defensive pairing and that he's expected to start the season and, and it's not not really like a, a guess. I guess going into camp. Um, so I agree that uh, I, I'm okay with starting with Barron. But yes, you. you're right. Lundqvist is. <laughs> Thank you. But Lundquist is uh uh yes, he's he's gonna be in a third pair rule for sure. And and he looked good as well. He's calm with the puck, you know, he he also stands out amongst defensemen. Um, I think that uh he definitely looked better than Zach Jones as much as that pains me to say, my fellow UMass guy. I no 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 personal, you know, attack there, but um yeah, Lundquist is is I don't know about uh, monuments being erected in his honor yet, but <laughs> they're, co- they're coming.
1: Well, let, let me allow me to transition back to Morgan Barron. I, I got a <laughs> two-way game here then. So we know very little about what we think Gerard Gallant is going to do with the New York Rangers, but we have enough experience with him as an NHL head coach where he believes fourth-line identity is important and also mm-hmm. believes that the fourth line is not a place for a young player to develop. Great point, Greg. So that essentially means Morgan Barrett needs to be a top nine player to be a New York Ranger on opening night. Do you see a viable scenario in which that happens?
2: It's, it's really tough. And it depends on what, what Gerard Gallant values. I think I, I think when he makes those sort of statements about a young player, I'm, I'm thinking more of like the Vitali Kravtsov and, and the K. like Vitali Kravtsov could is just does not belong on the fourth line in any way, shape or form. But Morgan Barron, I think has a little bit more of grit and grind to his game and, and fits better. I would love to see like a, a black and blue bruiser fourth line of like Ryan Reeves, Morgan Barron. Like Sammy Blay or however that ends up shaking out. Now we're talking. Couple, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, right. That's that sounds exciting. It's like a heavyweight fourth line like that has an idea. And this is also me coming from me. I know there are Ranger fans that watch this podcast, listen to this podcast, but I see the islanders and the way that fourth line is so effective and that's something that you definitely want to emulate after and i think that the rangers actually for once have some of the personnel to put something together like that or maybe even like a checking third line with goudreau and but that also that doesn't really fit heedle's game you know there's there's a lot of moving pieces and things that need to fall into place and we're going to really have to wait and see how the lines shake out because there are a couple of question marks and players that could be flip-flopped that I guess we'll just see how the competition plays out in camp.
0: Yeah, it seems like the top nine is already set going into camp, barring a huge <laughs> move for yeah. some unnamed person from Buffalo <laughs> or <laughs> any other random trade that could still happen between now and when the season starts. Who knows? Right? Because um, yeah. there's no new information. But I do find the, the Morgan Barron situation just a little more intriguing because we like Kevin Rooney on this show and I think a lot I think a lot of Ranger fans grew to love Kevin Rooney from his wonderful acting skills on the bench and also his uh, PK (laughs) his his penalty kill uh, just I I guess performance throughout the year now if Morgan Barrett could actually win a face-off because the Rangers have Mm -hmm. notoriously had a really hard time doing that I think that would end up Helping his cause. I know one of his quotes from the uh, the last two weeks is, hey, I've tried to work on everything and be a jack of all trades. And I do yeah. believe he can show himself to kind of beat out Kevin Rooney. But I also feel, I feel like it's strange that they would just kind of get rid of Kevin Rooney if Morgan Barron worked out because he's a valuable piece.
2: No, I totally understand that, and who knows if maybe Kevin Rooney ends up being a healthy scratch for a couple of times this season, and maybe they want to alternate. You know, you never know how how Gallant is going to approach the season and his strategy and whatnot. I I obviously haven't paid that much close attention of where he what if with what he was doing elsewhere and his strategies of that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think that I think that Baron ha- plays with a lot of oomph. I really do. I, and and he's really a pleasure to watch. And But that also is coming from me watching him against other prospects and in, in development camp. So naturally he had to stand out. But I also think, and he talked about this a little bit too earlier in the week, that he has a bit of a leg up and and Lundqvist, Lundqvist too going into camp because this prospect camp was so competitive and so chippy with each other that you guys saw it when they got on the ice with other prospects Blood. that they could actually hit and not really care about. They were, they were thro- throwing the hits, you know, Matt Rempe's shit talking and everybody dropping the gloves. Like it was intense. So they have a bit of an adrenaline uh, going into this main camp. I think that I think they'll be able to carry over.
1: In the, in the non-baron and non-Lundquist category. <laughs> and I guess non-Zach Jones too, because mm-hmm. I feel like we we understand where Zach Jones is in his development and where, Right. he is most likely to start the season just in terms of numbers. But is there, is there a non top of mind Ranger prospect that you think maybe changed the discussion about where he fits in with the Rangers next season based on this camp alone? Like a, a,
2: prospect that you think is going to actually make the roster or just like change the perspective of where he falls in the organization?
1: I, I, I More the latter than the former. Got I it. Because okay. again, I, I think. Because I have Rangers, an answer
2: for the latter. 100%. Yeah.
1: The, the Rangers have to work forwards so <laughs> they know what to do with where like. Yes. If, if a prospect from this camp was going to make the team, it'd be Morgan Barron. Right. But like, did Will Coyle do something in this cool, camp yeah. that all of a sudden the Rangers <laughs> are thinking, holy shit, wait a second. This isn't just a Tom Wilson punch facer that we took in the third round like was there someone who is trying to redefine his prospect arc and this camp helped them do that
2: yes it was will cooley
1: very cool cool cooley whatever yeah cool. there's there's a U in there there's no i'm just happy it's not me you don't understand how great this is
2: no it's a great last name i love it no it sounds cool but yeah he was he also was very impressive definitely stood out was one of those guys that was able to push the pace also, just a heavy hitter, hustle type of guy um, that was able to. It's all about just standing out on the ice. You know, if you and if you're invisible, you know, someone like Matt Rempe, who like you obviously can't miss him because of how large he is. But he also sometimes gets lost in the fray because he's a bit slow with the puck and things like that. But Will Cooley also was able to stand out every time he was on the ice. And it didn't hurt that he was playing next to Baron and, and Pai Yemi, I believe is how you pronounce this name, Lori Pai Yemi. He was, they they were their, their top line in camp and they look, they looked nice together. It was a very fun to watch.
0: Awesome. Well, that's enough about prospect camp. Let's talk about heading into the season. The Rangers going into this season uh, for the summer pretty much had this thing called the Summer of Anything. Maybe it was titled by this podcast. And uh, <laughs> absolutely nothing happened. There's been, <laughs> have, there's been nothing, right? Uh, I mean, we're not missing anything. There's no whispers. They have—this is the thing I keep reading. I, I think uh, our good friend Hockey, Hockey, Hockey Statminer <laughs> uh, pretty much posted—actually pretty or actually posted— Sorry, there, there. Are no other team since 2005 in the Caps era has had more than eight million dollars in, in just free cap going into the season, and yet here no, we are with no the Rangers.
1: other Rangers. Oh, I'm so sorry, right, Rangers right. squad, Rangers
2: squad. No, you're you're not wrong. The question is, uh, if the question is, did the Rangers get better? It's an, I don't know. We'll we'll wait and see. If it's a question of getting a different look. One hundred thousand percent. That's what they did. They changed the look and the makeup of their lineup, and they added a, a couple of players with a few different dimensions, which is what we criticized them about all season, all last season long. Like they just had way too many players that were of the same, you know, skill set, the same that had the same type of game and that you need a variety in your lineup. You need different guys that do different things. Like I love the quote about Barkley Goudreau that, you know, he's not a Ferrari or whatever, but he's like a Jeep, all wheel drive, whatever kind of guy. And that's, changing the look of the of the lineup and that is something that they needed to do did they necessarily get better not necessarily we don't know yet but also to the fact that they have so much space left over that just means that there's more coming no matter what no matter what so obviously they're not going to do that they're not going to leave that much money on the table um, if there's not another plan or greater purpose in the works and he who shall not be named always could be on that conversation yeah
0: we'll see uh, there was uh, a report last week that Rangers aren't interested. Ha ha! Of course, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're totally out.
1: Uh, sorry, Greg. Go on. I was well. I was going to ask in the in the non-Jack Eichel category here. Um, who has the most to prove heading into Rangers camp? Who's the guy with the biggest yeah. chip on his shoulder?
2: That's a really good question.
1: That's why I asked. Nice it. job, Greg.
2: You know, yeah, that's a that's a very good question. I definitely, I think it, I think it's between philipito yep. and probably uh maybe Kraftsov and Kako. <laughs> it's like a,
0: the children there's a
2: couple but yeah the the children that 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 are you know need to take some major strides i think maybe looking at a season as a whole is more capo caco but going into camp i think Vitali kravtsov needs to solidify himself as a top six player if that's where he wants to be and philipito also i think needs to show something else or 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 they need to see if they have something in him as a top six center maybe um but i i also don't think that that will happen so it's 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 uh it's a it's a tough it's a tough question um but i think i'm gonna go with with craft immediately out of in training camp and then Filipino and kako kako a season as a whole
1: F- follow-up question has yeah. there ever been a more anonymous free agent signing in New York Ranger history than Patrick Nemeth?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I- I'm excited to to talk to him and see what he's all about. Honestly, I don't really know much about him, but no, you're 100% right. That's how I would describe it as well.
0: <laughs> people people constantly, I-, I hate to say the people forget meme, but here we are. I uh, The <laughs> entire, uh, all of Rangers Twitter is, hey, the Rangers did nothing. Well, they did sign the Nemethists. Which I cannot say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get there eventually. But Patrick Deveth, like he seems to be a, a solid third-line defenseman who uh, mm-hmm. maybe got overmatched in the playoffs, but has had a pretty analytic-friendly career. Elsewise, seems like a smart signing for Jury. Gets zero credit for it. Uh, I want to go back to Craftstop for just for a second because. He's the one player I have the most questions about. I think he can have a shot at playing on the second line. I haven't like read anything about his off season. There's been no like reporting from anywhere on Kraftsoff. That's not a shot at you, it's not a shot at anybody. It's just been kind of dead <laughs> it's kind of just been dead silent on what to expect from him. Cuz to me I think Goudreau goes on the second line on the right wing pretty much right off the rip unless Kraftsoff comes into camp and destroys just is like, "Hey, I'm ready for the NHL." Can, can you see a scenario where he's actually second line ready?
2: I, I, I do, in the sense that I just think that his skill set is just better served in the top six. Like, he needs to be – like I, I. but I also feel the same way about Kako. I, I personally didn't hate the panarin strong kako line, especially toward the end of the season. I felt that Kako really started to understand what kind of role he needed to play, which I like the fact that Jury and Golan are talking about how – each player needs to figure out their defined role because I feel like that's something that they didn't really do the last couple of seasons under David Quinn. So I think that that, will be a good thing. But yes, with Kravtsov, I, I just do think that his skill set is better served in the top six. And also with Galant's comments talking about not putting young budding players on the fourth line. I, when I heard that line, I thought immediately he was talking about Vitali Kravtsov. So I feel like that's how he views him as a top six player.
1: Speaking of defined roles on this team, I feel like that takes us a very natural transition (laughs) to a gentleman by the name of Ryan Strom, Mm -hmm. who I don't think there's a role more defined over the last three years than trade block candidate Ryan Strom. (laughs) uh, It's clear the Rangers, I don't know if it's clear, the Rangers seemed willing or more than able to move him this offseason, couldn't. They were definitely trying to move him last offseason, couldn't. Got to a point where they thought about just straight up not paying him. Decided against that. What, uh, what, what? What? What's up? I guess is my question with Ryan. <laughs> no, and
2: what, you got to feel for a player like that. You got to feel for a player that's yeah, kind of. Ryan's been on the show. In the, he was yeah. st- stupid
1: nice. Like one of yeah, the nicest sure people ever. I know He
2: is. I and know he is.
1: He's also like as much as uh, we are responsible for some of it too. But as much as <laughs> as much as people crap on him. He's been quite good the last two years. Yes, I can't sit here and no say he's doubt. been bad.
2: No doubt. And I think that I obviously, you know, he's done his job next to Artemi Panarin. You know, he has complimented Artemi Panarin. It's obviously not a hard job to do, but he's been able to do it. And during the stretch where Panarin was out, Strom's production didn't dip that much. And that's also important. And But that's also why I think this is the prime time to package Ryan Strome for, for uh, uh, in a trade of some sort, whether that's uh, for another ha- top tier center or if they, or, you know, whatever it may be. I think that Ryan Strome's last couple of seasons, his trade value is at its absolute highest right now. And I think that they should uh, capitalize on that if they were, if they, if that's something that they wanted to do, but also he hasn't, done anything to really prove that he's worth trading either.
0: They've wanted to. It's not like they haven't wanted to. I I mean, Elliot Friedman was reporting like, hey, I trades I expect this week and the list was empty with the exception (laughs) of Ryan Strom to Vegas or Seattle. And that was it. And it's been it's been dead quiet all summer.
2: That's what I'm saying. There's tons of interest. Like I know for a fact that there's been tons of interest on him in particular and that's because he's at his most like the last few seasons
0: he's been great but for for a team like seattle he's perfect he's a leader Mm -hmm. he if you could sign him for like a a five year deal he's gonna go through the rest of his prime he's probably not gonna cost you an arm and a leg he's probably movable in four years anyway uh he's a good
2: locker room guy he's amazing great locker room guy
1: ryan's doing the old uh Car salesman trick where he's just tapping <laughs> the hood of this car, I'm like this baby's gonna get you from point A to point B. This baby can miss it. so many nets. <laughs> uh, I just, there. I, I, I just, it's weird. I feel bad for him. At the same time, I don't. And at the same time, I want Philip Heedle to have more responsibility. But the only way yeah. for that to happen is for one person to leave. And it's not like I'm asking for Mika Zibanejad to go out of here. But that does bring mm-hmm. me to my next question. Mika Zibanejad, is it a little odd that we haven't heard more contract chatter to this point? I mean, the seasons, were, as people are listening to this, we're 22 days away. I didn't expect to get within 20 days of opening night and still have a whole lot of Mika Zibanejad questions to ask people.
2: Right, and I don't blame you considering their history just, like just their relationship for so long, how important he's been to the organization. You would think that there would be more rumblings, but that being said, granted, how last season went for him. And yes, he had COVID in the beginning and and that definitely played a part in everything. But given how he started last season, I don't think the Rangers, you know, can afford to have their top line center playing like that. So I think that they want to see, I think, I think that, this they are waiting to see how things shake out a little bit on the ice because if you look at it there are uh, for another year in a row there are so many new moving parts on the rangers there's no there's barely any continuity it's going to be another you know jumble of lineups uh, of of you know players in different places so i think that they want to see how it shakes out before they make their next big move wherever that may be so i do think that they're trying to take a wait and see approach that's That's my uh, uh, prediction, I guess.
0: It's reading the tea leaves, right? Because there's no other... Right? There's nothing else. Because this is
2: not a finished product. We have all the money. We're waiting for the other
0: shoe to drop except there's no shoes. We're barefoot and we're on the ice (laughs) and it's cold. There's nothing else. There's no shoes to drop. The Barkov thing is going to, is going to linger over the squad all year (laughs) along with Eichel. People are going to be asking about it all the time. We've, we've only heard that Barkov doesn't want to be or leave Florida. Rather that could change, but probably not. Eichel still hasn't gotten the surgery. It's September 20th. (laughs) Do you remember the 21st night where he didn't get surgery? Anyway, sorry.
2: (laughs) No, but I just feel like I've said the same thing the last three seasons is that it's, we have to wait to see what the product is gonna be on the ice because we don't know again, going into like, there's so many new, Faces, new moving parts and and also with a new management new coach so many different things now especially in going into this season so it's so hard to make any bold assessments or predictions or what they're going to do next or what what area they want to address because we have to wait and see what it is kind of
1: Molly, if you liked my witch ranger has the biggest monkey on their back going into camp, you're going to love this question.
2: Okay, I'm ready.
1: What percent chance would you give the New York Rangers between now and opening night of acquiring someone outside the organization to play in their top six?
2: Oh, that's also a pretty good question.
1: I am on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what well, a show. I,
2: I, I, again, if it is if Vitaly Kraftov doesn't show up, or I I don't know. Or if Zavina again has a really really slow start, you know who know you know who knows what's going to happen. But I think if something does happen, I, I don't want to say they're going to make a rash decision like trade someone else big a big core piece away. But they might go out and start looking to address that specific area because also things like that uh, competition in the lineup. Lights fires up uh, off uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. lights fires under guys butts and you know that you always want to foster a line of competition and things like that so I again I think it's going to be a wait and see approach, whatever, you know, area does look like it needs a little bit of a push, maybe they'll do that.
1: Uh, all I'm saying is I didn't hear a percent number. in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Uh,
2: uh, can I go 50 then? Hell yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know.
1: You, you, you can, you can. It's your I'll number. I fi- can't say the
2: number. I'll go 50% chance, barring what happens on the ice, you know, barring who gets out to a slow start, you know, if, if anybody does at all. So who knows?
0: going to speak for my, uh, my good friend, not good friend, my client, Keith Kincaid here. If if Georgiev <laughs> gets off to a rough start and, has the situation where he can't stop breakaways yet again, which was a issue, a serious issue for most of last season. They couldn't even lean on him when Igor was hurt, so considering he was the one B goalie. I could, I would consider that um, an issue. Is there a chance right. they? They cut bait. I mean, we've talked about how he didn't request a trade, but it seems like he'd be okay to be moved. But they, they've they never really found the suitor. That's another guy similar to Ryan Strom that they've been trying to move for seemingly two years now.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, and he totally is one of those guys that has also just been in the rumor mill for almost his entire career. I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I think, are the rules changing this season with like, the taxi squad and, and who they can hold and things like that.
1: As of right now, there is no taxi squad. Yeah, exactly. GMs want to be able to carry three goalies without having to be penalized. I
2: know. And right. That hasn't been like, like official yet. Is it or it's it's just what
1: GMs want, but it's as of right now, you can, the only way you can carry three goalies is by having three goalies on your 23 man roster.
2: Right, which yeah, no team is so, gonna do. So exactly. So I think there's your answer. I think that if if Georgie does get off to a tough start, then they're I think they're comfortable with riding Jerkin right now, and and maybe they will. Maybe your uh, you know price drops and jury you know accepts less or or whatnot. You know if if it really is that dire of a situation that they feel like they need to get out of, but I think that they would try to ride jerkin, which I think they're gonna try to do anyway.
0: It's going to be so weird with him because this season in the Metro, much like the last couple years is going to be quite tight. The top six, uh, excluding the Columbus blue jackets and the, I mean, the, I'm sure the devils could be a little frisky this year. It's not like they lack talent there. They do have some, <laughs> right. some real NHL players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dougie Hamilton came by yeah. uh, Jack Hughes another year of, of being in the devil. So mm-hmm. all those teams are going to be really strong. And to compete in that situation you can't have your letting up breakaways every other night. I'm fighting for Keith here, but I don't know what's going to work out. So we'll see.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I think your bias is showing.
0: <laughs> okay, I tried. I tried. Let's move on. Um, how many players have reached out to you or the post asking to write best, uh, best shape of their life stories. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh every single one wow speed dial <laughs> i wish <laughs> that would be a it'd be a dream media access situation so easy. oh god no uh, my favorite part was her cracking up about this at, at development camp when he posted a picture of caco in the back Background. like the most blurry horrible quality photo and you could barely see the outline of them and everyone's like caco's jack he's huge <laughs> gained 20 pounds of muscle caco <laughs> looks yoked ready to go for camp we were cracking up he's we thick like he was literally just standing there in a black t-shirt like just minding his own business
1: it's, well if listen gotta give caco credit he understands that black is a really form-fitting color <laughs> here in the united states of america that is that's just that he's he's developed he's wiser he's more mature for three years into this this, he now understands
2: this is i think he finally started listening to the church of Kako too as well
1: wow it's
2: a little change in religion there it's a nice
0: city (laughs) just incredible
2: (laughs) i know i honestly i forgot about that when i was tweeting about pie yemi's comments yeah they both did new york city they both did it but honestly i was so like i forgot about that whole thing with kako how it was funny but like because i was so endeared with how sweet he he, and i didn't even include this i I think it was in my story but he said something like oh and when the sun goes down and all the lights come out it's wonderful (laughs) i was like oh my god you're so like that's so sweet and like you could tell he really meant it he really is like starstruck by new york
1: i mean in his defense finland still working on that <laughs> electricity front so yeah, i totally no. get
2: it <laughs> oh he said he said he was like i think i think the whole country is like 5 million people and there's like over 8 million people in new york city alone
0: turns out oh. big big city who knew big uh, city nice right? and big city very <laughs> strange uh has there been I think I asked you this question last time, but I kind of want to get an update. Has I've heard nothing bad about Gallant ever. All the research I've done has just been <laughs> sparkling. Every player that comes on any podcast ever says nothing but nice things about him. Uh, is there, what is there anything you're worried about? Is there anything that... You, is there any negative that we can see so far? Because the negatives will come quick. It'll happen by yeah. the, by the first like one or two games. The fans will turn. That will I happen. I was
2: gonna say, check Twitter after the first loss, and I'm sure you'll find all your negatives about <laughs> the, your After the prospect won.
0: game, people were freaking <laughs> yeah. out. It
2: was like, what the I hell? Know, right? Yeah, <laughs> season's a bust. We lost to the Flyers in a development's camp scrimmage. No, but um, honestly, and I I like this question because um, I every player that I've spoken to, I've talked to Kreider this offseason, Fox this offseason, I've asked them, you know, you don't want to directly say like, oh, what do you think about Gallant? I kind of phrase it in the way like, oh, what have you heard through the grapevine about him? You know, like what have other players said to you about him? And all of the, both of them said that he's a player's first kind of coach and he has the right temperament, you know, to be able to inspire. But also he has a a bit of a development touch, which is what this Rangers, team needs. It has such a unique balance of a of, of veteran core but also young talent as well. And you need to have that developmental touch that David Quinn did have, but you also need to be able to connect with the veterans and and have that Uh, established career behind you, which he does have. And I'm sure there will be a mutual respect there because of that. So both players had nothing but positive. Obviously they're not going to say anything negative, but they both had very genuine things to say um, that they had heard about him. So I think it's, you know, but but again, wait until the first loss and and I'm sure you'll find something to say right away. (laughs) How many, how many,
1: how many weeks into the season until you feel comfortable calling him Turk and what is it going to take for him to surpass Turk <laughs> Wendell in the New York sports Turk landscape?
2: Absolutely never. I, I'm here to tell you my biggest pet peeve is when media members call players or coaches by their nickname. Like, they are not your buddy. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys are not boys. Like, like just, just call him by his first name. Like, that's what it is. But it's actually funny. Um, During the uh, Islanders playoff run, um, there was, I got an email from someone that told me that I sounded like a sorority schoolgirl when I called Barry Trotz, Barry. And I tweeted about it and it kind of blew up because apparently there's this whole like debate amongst journalists of what, what we should call the coaches that we cover. Do we call them coach? Do we call them, you know, by their first name, coach, last name, you know, whatever it is. So it was like a whole debate. And the next day I'm sitting in practice watching uh morning skate after Barry Trotz talked to us. And my phone rings and it's the Islanders PR guy. And I pick up and I'm like, hey. And he goes, hey, Barry wants to talk to you. And I was like, what? (laughs) And Barry gets on the phone. He goes, hey, Molly. And I was like, Barry? (laughs) (laughs) Hello? And he was like. I just uh, wanted to call you and say that I saw the email that you got on Twitter. He was like, I just want to let you know you could call me Barry whenever you want. That's incredible. (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, thank you. He was like, you don't need my permission. He was like, you're great. Like, he just was so nice and so, like, just appreciative. He was like, I love working with you. And, yeah, call me Barry whenever you want. And I was like, all right, Barry, I will. Thank
1: you. Fantastic! (laughs) This is exactly what I needed to hear. Not only is Barry Trotz the best coach in the NHL, but he's a chill (laughs) fucking guy. It makes me so pissed
0: off.
2: (laughs) stand-up guy no i know i God can hear it. you guys fuming through the through the mic like i hate to tell you i know I, I haven't really told that story so there you go it's but so yeah, obnoxious that the, the islanders
0: way. are like doing everything i really like it makes me
1: so <laughs> yeah, pissed off islanders, the islanders are like the best run team in new york and it's just fucking <laughs> sickening what the hell
2: i know I'm sure it appeared you yeah no i, I texted the uh, islanders PR guy and i was like I was like oh my god question mark and he was like yeah it was his idea that's all he said he
0: was like, <laughs> cool that is
2: so that is so nice like so yeah so god I'm, I, needless to say end of point i will never call Gerard galant turk
1: <laughs> all right so turk turk wendell nice and safe at number one in on the league there we go but great now i just i want barry trotz to coach the mets like I hate everything. Right? This is I think
2: that's the only I think that's the only guy that could turn that organization around, honestly. Hey, hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. Billy <laughs> is sitting right there. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. Uh,
2: oh god, Greg, I'm sorry. I, I, I covered a couple of Mets games during this all season and I Molly, you I don't I have to apologize to me. Let me
1: let me let me pull <laughs> Barry Trotz here and apologize to you. I've had to watch 147 of these so far this year. You had to watch two. And you now yeah. understand what I've gone through here.
2: I know. I, I I was at the game that went four and a half hour, or yeah, four and a half hours. Was it four and a half? Yeah, four yeah, and a half thing. hours. Not only do
1: they lose, they do it in a very long time staking so fashion suffer. oh my god it's like hey do you feel terrible about yourself do you want to walk into traffic here's no. three more hours to really let yeah. you it's, sink it's in the on that shenanigans
2: field. away from the ballpark for me it's just it's that kind of stuff or at, or at least like in the dugout like even even you go as far as the dugout and there's shenanigans everywhere you go
1: yeah i thank thank you molly i, I do you're enjoy home. misery I'm, i
2: sorry pray. to sorry to make it stingy my razor okay. so yeah, nice. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm having a great time <laughs> i'm having a wonderful time
2: <laughs> this is what i
1: get for asking you two really good questions
2: yeah uh that's how i repay you just uh, just a nice little jab at the mats <laughs> God, damn it.
0: for sure uh molly H-P. i think we covered pretty much everything is there any storyline that we didn't touch on heading into this wonderful camp session of for the new york rangers
2: no, you covered a lot. Wow. I'm, I'm excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun year, I think.
0: I think so too. I, I I'm an <laughs> optimist.
2: I can sell I could sense the hesitancy in your optimism. No, I feel good. <laughs> I
0: feel good. I, I'm I c I could see a scenario. I'll give a percentage. I could see a scenario above fifty percent. Nice job, Ryan. That the Rangers could finish second in the metro. I really could see it. Second? I could see wow. it.
2: Wow. I just
0: think there's a All lot right. of issues with other squads. I think the Islanders will kind of run away with the division. This yeah. year, I think they're going to be really strong and really big,
2: big. Z coming along, coming back to Long Island.
0: People are, say. people are like, why do you care? I was like, it matters.
2: It just care. Does. It's a legendary defenseman going back to where he started his career, and he's going to be able to help them. <laughs> like, yeah, there's that's, no that's, doubt about it.
1: <laughs> that's the thing that honestly, again, just makes me so mad. Yeah, it, it's not just that you. it's Zadeno. It's not that it's just Zadeno Chara, and that. Everyone's like, oh, he's 44. It's like, yeah, that's the thing. He's yeah, still Tom good. Brady's 44, okay? <laughs>
2: yeah. I, no, I know. And he – I mean, he – I've been looking at his stats all week. He was – he competed in 55 of 56 games last season at, like, he, he, at 44 years old. And he had, I think, uh, 11 20-plus-minute nights. So, like, You know, like, that's not bad. It's not like they're going to shelter him. He, no, I think they will a little bit. I'm sure. No, little you –
1: I, not not to not to age you here but i'm also pretty sure you weren't born I in 1996
2: i was not <laughs> okay good
1: fantastic <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: neither was barzell or Beauvillier or wallstrom or, Wolf, or, Trump, or, any or of half the
1: rangers starting yeah. night or, yeah night not even not
2: even not even taking in the rangers absolutely crazy yeah <laughs>
0: uh it'll be an interesting scenario hey i guess this is my final question uh all right do you do you expect it to be kind of chippy Night 1 Rangers Rangers Islanders in the preseason?
2: <laughs> oh Absolutely, I think so. I think no matter what, I think the I, I think the Rangers are on a mission to show that they can't be pushed around anymore. So stupid. If that wasn't was, was apparent uh, of, uh, of the offseason, I think
1: oh, that. The, uh, the line is set over under six and a half fights on opening night.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, I know. Larry and I were talking about it. Larry and I are like, we're getting drinks in, in D.C. before that game because we're going to need them. <laughs> that's, that's all I know. That's uh, We're getting
0: drinks yeah. so we're doing a drink up. So we'll be
1: very yeah, we're, we're, we're renting out a bar because, yeah, we feel the exact <laughs> Because
2: here. opening night against the Capitals, that's why.
1: <laughs> no better way. Molly, I
0: can't thank you enough. Want to plug what you do?
2: Uh, sure. Uh, I, you can find me on Twitter, Molly Walker, two E's, two R's. And you can listen to our podcast hey. up in the blue seats uh, with the great Ron Gay. There's never short of anything interesting uh, on that podcast. So, yeah, that's it.
0: Fun times. Thank you, Molly. We're actually going to end the show, too. You can follow me on Twitter at all right, meet, you follow Greg at Blue Break. We'll be back later this week. Let's thank our supporters. Love you guys. Okay, and this is the part of the show where I thank our offer sheet clubs, our NHL insiders. I'm recording on the road today, so please excuse this click noise. Uh, I'm in a closet. Very fun. I'm going to thank all of you now because we couldn't do the show without you. And so much so, I hope we get to meet some of you on October 13th. The night we have a drink up, watching the Washington Capitals fight the New York, I mean, play hockey against the New York Rangers. Okay. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Teach. I forget, Adam, I'm so sorry. I I know you actually sent me your name, and my brain is doing that thing where I blank. You know who I am, right? I will get it right next week, I promise. Alex Gardner, Alexander, Amber Cohen's Ben Waters, Ben Weber. Biggies below and Brian Doyle, Broadway, Boucher, Bleeder. Chris Finelli, CJ Stillwagon, Daniel Day. I always, it's, it's a French name. I know it's, it's Dezen, but it's got a J, and it doesn't make any sense to me. David Nairn, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stag. Love you, Eric. I know it's been a while since we've talked. Just wanted to let you know I love you. George, I also love you. Gar- give Gartner a cup. Jake Berkowitz, JD, Jimmy Mack, KAPO, KAKO, Praise, B, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazic, Gronkowski, legend in the chat, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, an actual legend uh, everywhere I've gone. Uh, Matthew has done some incredible things. Uh, Pavel Kozurev, Steven Lomayer, Stigbul Bach, Swinegart, the drop BK, Tom, ah, oh, Tom, so it's Tom sent me his name too. It's like Se I don't think that's right at all. <laughs> that's really bad. I'm leaving it, Tom. I'm leaving it. Tommy O'Neill, Tory from Manhattan, our oldest supporter in terms of how long they've been supporting us. Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, and Will Specter. Cannot thank these people enough. Cannot wait to give some insider tips as we go through the season to them. And let them know all the dumb shit I'm hearing. Thanks, to everybody, for listening to the podcast. It's been a weird couple of weeks for me. A lot going on in the background of my life. And Greg, too, I'm sure. Uh, so I'm super excited for Ranger season to get here. I'm super excited to put my efforts towards what is sure to be a wild season. And I can't wait to share it all with you. We'll be back later this week with BSBOT. You know, you know the drill. We love you guys. Bye.